Welcome to the podcast where Beast Mode meets Manifesting Goddess. If you're ready to become the energetic match for all of your desires and start achieving from a place of joy and expansion, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy coach, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. Crushing your goals can feel like self-care, and together we are going to slay and thrive. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. I hope your July is off to an amazing start. As I record this, it is actually Canada Day, July 1st, so happy belated Canada Day to all my Canadians. I am recording this a little bit early because my sister, who lives in the States, is going to be here all next weekend, which I am very excited for. We also have our first family reunion for like my aunts, uncles, all those people on my dad's side of the family that we've had since before the pandemic. So very excited about the upcoming weekend. I know it's going to be a joyful, happy time. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the importance of prioritizing a happy journey over a happy ending. And I'm gonna take you through why this is so important And then I'm going to give you nine ways that you can continue to enjoy your own journey, whether that is your journey towards a financial goal, health goal, career goal, or just the journey towards your best self. Maybe it's just an overall wanting to slay and thrive in every arena. So whatever you're working on, this is going to be such a helpful episode. And I think I shared back in my top 10 lessons from 2021, that one of my top lessons was this idea that if the journey is fun, you're not going to care how long it takes. Having a happy journey absolutely matters. It matters for a few reasons. One, we're actually going to spend way more time on the journey towards our goal then we actually spend getting whatever that goal is. The moment when we actually achieve that goal and make it happen, that's a very fleeting moment in time. And if we've become kind of conscious about the importance of celebration and all of those things, hopefully we celebrate it for a moment or two. And then inevitably, as humans, we are going to move on to our next goal. So it's a very fleeting moment. And sometimes I think we don't even take that moment of celebration when we do achieve our goal. We just shift gears immediately. We spend most of our time in the pursuit of the goal. And if we are miserable that entire time, we're at risk of spending our entire lives in that state because there's always going to be something we're working towards. And if we are delaying our happiness and contentment, until we get there and then choose another there and another there, we could actually spend our whole lives unhappy. And that is the opposite of what I want for all of you. And that's why we're covering this today. The other thing that is really important that I remind myself of is that the journey 
informs the destination. And I think I first heard this from Mark David in my mind-body eating coach certification. We are not going to stress ourselves into a place of inner peace. We choose to cultivate inner peace now and we reach the place where that becomes our norm. And that's really why I created that episode on the most important skill you'll ever build because the states that we're pursuing and cultivating are so important. We are never going to hate ourselves into a place of self-love. We're never going to cultivate these feelings of anger and rage and disappointment and then decide we're going to be happy at the end. It doesn't work like that. And as we dive into this episode, I wanted to share a few examples from my own life of how this looks when you are prioritizing the ending over the journey versus when you are prioritizing the journey as well as the ending. This first example I'm going to share was an example of me believing that the ends justified the means. It was me prioritizing the ending at all costs without worrying about the journey itself. And as I mentioned, when I was in my early 20s, I had some very toxic traits. And one of those toxic traits was that when I decided to pursue a love interest or something like that, I would do it like a dog with a bone. I would be relentless. I would be so stubborn. So there was this one guy once upon a time that I was very attracted to and determined to hook up with. It almost became my life's mission as like a 20-year-old who didn't have a lot of other stuff happening. And the guy was obviously interested too, but it wasn't a huge priority for him. He was young. He was just living his bro life, hanging out with his bros. So what happened was he stood me up a couple times. And instead of not personalizing it and realizing like, it's not a priority and that's fine. He's got his own stuff going on. It's not a big deal. It is not the end of the world. I took these times that he stood me up very personally and I got angrier and angry and more determined. It just became like this thing that I had to check off my list at all costs. And I ended up like employing the help of his best friend to like get him over to my house. It was ridiculous. And the amount of negative charge I had around that situation and the amount of stress it caused me, very unnecessary stress, it made the actual conquest itself very hollow and almost a little exasperating like oh it really took this much to get you over here so (laughs) that was a literal happy ending that wasn't a happy ending and afterwards this poor guy was like oh that was awesome we should do it again sometime and I was just so mad by the time it was all over I was like no get out of my house never want to see you again so I'm not even joking Like I said, very toxic traits, and it's actually kind of embarrassing sharing that story, but I am sharing it because it's such a good example of how important the journey actually is, because we'll often go into this place of like stress and gritting our teeth and hustling and trying to make something happen, 
And then when we get there, the victory is actually hollow because we've been so miserable the entire time. And it didn't actually fulfill whatever it was we were looking for. And I know in that particular situation, I struggled with a lot of low self-worth. I struggled with feeling like I was enough, like I was attractive, like I was all the things. And I thought this one encounter would change all that. And it didn't. So that was an example of prioritizing the ending over the journey and the really detrimental effects that had. Since then, I have decided that that is not the best way to go about doing things and that the journey is unbelievably important. And this really showed up for me about a year ago now. This is an example that I think is really profound and it has made the last year of my life literally the best year I've ever had. So last July, I really wanted to start my own business. I had my idea for the signature program. I really wanted to combine health coaching with these healing practices I'd learned in inner coach and some of the spiritual aspects and shadow work. And I was so, so excited. I'd like invested in a mentor. I was ready. And the one thing that I was really conscious of and a little worried about was leaving my current place of employment because I had been treated extremely well there. I am so grateful that for that job and just how well I was treated and just how amazing it was on so many levels. I really didn't want to cause any challenges or issues there. That was like my one fear and reservation. So as things kind of like continued, um, there was like a legitimate misstep on my part in that whole situation. I take full responsibility for that, felt terrible, there were no ill intentions, it just was something I hadn't thought through, all the things. And that created some tension, and then it became clear that I had signed a non-compete clause, which meant no indirect or direct solicitation of past or current clients of that business or anyone in a 25-kilometer radius. And that is pretty much standard operating procedure for these types of jobs. I completely understand where it came from. And I wanted to do my very, very best to honor that and be in all the integrity. So when it became clear that that was the case, I knew like, this is not the time to start that business. This is the time to honor that contract, find another job for the next year, and keep the energy of my upcoming business as clean and pure as possible. So I chose to go get a job building doors. And you've heard me gush about this job. And it's not like me being exaggerated. This has been like such a fun job to have just for the last year. I've legitimately enjoyed it. And I also know there are people in my life who tried to tell me that I should just start my business anyways and do it right away. And I could just take on clients that were outside of the 25 kilometer radius. And yes, that was an option I could have tried and it was kind of a loophole. And it also felt like a loophole. And it wasn't a path I wanted to go down because I knew if I post something on my Facebook page and you know, someone in the Chilliwack 
radius sees this, that could be seen as indirect solicitation. And I just wanted to respect my past job and that employment contract to my full capacity. Janine Roth once wrote in one of her books that no act of love is ever wasted. And I believe it's the same with acts of respect and integrity. I believe that no act of respect is ever wasted and no act of integrity is ever wasted. So I chose to find a new job and I was determined to enjoy myself in that place. And I was determined to look at it as a season of my life that I could fully enjoy and embrace. And like I said, that has made this past year the best year that I've ever had. And I've honestly had a couple people give me like the raised eyebrow and like the confused looks when I told them that I'm off to build doors for a year. I guess they saw it as like a step down or something, which I don't see it that way. The way I see it is that every job is so important. And if doors do not get built, houses do not get built and people do not have places to live or shop or run their businesses. I had uh, my boyfriend's mom actually say, oh, it's good you're only going to be there for a year so you don't have to excel. And I was like, no, I'm still going to do my best to excel because I'm lucky to have this job that just allows me to pay my bills. It's aligned with my personality type and what I like to do. And I also know that my time there has not been wasted. I have been able to meet some really awesome people. Actually just finished a hike with two of them yesterday. I've been able to actually kind of help people and give them guidance and just like be there for them, which has been really nice. And the other thing is just being able to be a reliable employee in a place where the turnover is high and there's a lot of inconsistency with punctuality and attendance. I've had my both my lead hand and my supervisor just express how grateful they are to have someone who just shows up, does the work, and has a good attitude. So it's just been my intention to show up as my best self during this past year and find ways to enjoy the journey. And admittedly, this is something I have to come back to because there was a little period in May to maybe early June where I was starting to just let little things at the job get under my skin. And I was starting to think like, I'm tired. I'm sick of getting covered in glue. I'm sick of my muscles hurting at the end of a week. I just want to start my business and just be done with this. And then I realized that was just me forgetting how important it was to enjoy the journey. And I did a little gut check and reminded myself, when you get to the end of this season in your life, you're going to be so disappointed that you just like dragged yourself through the last two months instead of choosing to stay grateful and enjoy it. So those are my examples for you. And the examples of how the journey really informs the destination. And before we dive into the nine ways you can enjoy your journey, I just wanted to share the reality that you get to feel the way that you want to feel right now. 
Happiness is your birthright and it's a choice you can make. And if you aren't feeling that way, then you're probably doing something that is very common and very human. You're treating the external goal you're chasing like it's the permission slip for feeling the way you want to feel. You're waiting for that external goal and choosing to have that be the permission slip for you to be happy. And it doesn't have to be this way. You are the permission slip. You sign it. You choose to when to give it to yourself. And if you want that moment to be right now as you're listening to this, that's, in my opinion, the very best time to do it. I can think of an example of this back from when I was, again, in my early 20s. And I was using LiveJournal at the time, which is sort of an online blog. And they had this one group that was for girls who were struggling with body image and their eating habits. I think it was called like broken bodies or something like that. And there was this one girl who was making a post complaining about her weight. She was complaining about how fat she felt, how ugly she felt, how disgusting this weight was. And then she was like, I can't believe I weigh X number of pounds. And it was just like a punch to my gut because that weight that she labeled was my goal weight. And I was probably about 20, 30 pounds above it at the time. So I want you to think about that. The number that she claimed was so bad that I claimed was so good, it was actually a neutral number. That number wasn't what gave someone permission to feel good or bad. It wasn't about the number. It was the number that this other girl used to make herself feel like crap. And it was the number that I was waiting for before I gave myself permission to feel like I was enough. But it had nothing to do with the external because it was all about our frame of reference and when we chose to give ourselves permission to feel good or not to. So this is not about a number or a goal or anything external. It's about the internal experience you decide you're going to have. And you can truly enjoy any journey you're on with the right strategy and the right approach. So without further ado, I'm going to give you nine ways to enjoy the journey. The first one, and this is one that you'll probably have to come back to and check in on yourself with, is just be unavailable for a miserable, unfulfilling journey. And when I say this, I do want to add a a caveat. Because when we're chasing goals and making different changes in our life, there's still going to be challenges and discomfort. That can still be part of a happy journey. But from here, you get to ask yourself, is it the discomfort of growth and getting better? Or Is it the discomfort of impatience and delaying your own permission to feel good now? And if it's the latter, remember, you can choose to be unavailable for a miserable journey. Number two is you want to actually decide what a happy journey looks like. How would you be feeling on a regular basis? What would your life look like? What actions would you be taking to move towards your goals that feel really inspired and aligned? What's going to work best for you? 
The next one is make a list of ways you can enjoy the journey and then refer to it often. I recommend trying to come up with at least 10 because this is actually going to stretch your brain a little bit. You might be able to come up with two, three or four pretty easily. But when you try to come up with a few extra and make your brain sweat a little bit, you're probably going to get inspired ideas that you hadn't originally thought of. So once you have that list, you can then refer to it often or even just create new lists on a regular basis to see maybe you need something a little bit different as the seasons change. Another way you can choose to enjoy the journey is to slow down and lower your expectations of yourself. In the book Finish, John Acuff has this great recommendation. He says, in order to finish something, cut the goal in half or double your timeline for when you plan to finish it. If you do choose to cut your goal in half, even if it's not exactly where you wanna be, what you can do is celebrate the achievement when you've hit that half goal, and you're gonna be celebrating all the way along the way because you've committed to being happy and appreciating yourself, and then you can set the next half of the goal. So you get like two victories for the price of one. And then in terms of making the journey double the time, if there's some resistance to that idea initially, it's probably because you are more committed to that result than you are to just enjoying that journey. Because again, if you're having fun and enjoying the journey, who cares if it takes twice as long? Isn't that just like making this amazing epic vacation or life experience twice as long? The next one, the next step to enjoying the journey is deciding that you are enough right now in whatever phase of the journey that you are in. And I actually wanted to read you one of my favorite passages from a book called The Practicing Mind. I'm actually just going to go grab it and I'll give you the author as well and then I'll do a little reading for you. So the author is Thomas Stirner. And I'm just going to read you this passage. Let's see what nature teaches us every day as we walk past the flowers in our garden. At what point is a flower perfect? Is it perfect when it is nothing more than a seed in your hand waiting to be planted? All that it will ever be is there in that moment. Is it perfect when it first starts to germinate unseen under several inches of soil? This is when it displays the first signs of the miracle we call creation. How about when it pokes its head through the surface and sees the face of the sun for the first time? All its energies have gone into reaching for this source of life. Until this point, it had nothing more than an inner voice telling it to grow. What about when it begins to flower? This is when its individual properties start to be seen. The shape of the leaves, the number of blooms, all are unique to this one flower, even among the other flowers of the same species. Or is it the stage of full bloom, the crescendo of all the energy and effort the flower expended to reach this point in its life? Let's not forget its humble and quiet ending when it returns to the soil from where it came. At which point is the flower perfect? I hope 
you already know the answer. It is always perfect. It is perfect at being wherever it is and whatever stage of growth it is in at that moment. It is perfect at being a seed when it is placed into the ground. At that moment in time, it is exactly what it is supposed to be, a seed. Just because it does not have brightly colored blooms doesn't mean it is not a good flower seed. When it first sprouts through the ground, it is not imperfect because it displays only the color green. At each stage of growth, from seed to full bloom and beyond, it is perfect at being a flower at that particular stage of a flower's life. And what if we looked at ourselves in this exact same way? And we looked at the journey towards all our goals in this same way. We might start out with that idea of something we want to do or change and it's just a seed. And it's perfect even in that moment. And then when you start to take some action and figure things out, but you're not all the way there, it's still perfect because now you're creating something. You're bringing something new into existence. And middle of the journey, it's still exactly where it should be. And at the end of the journey, when it's all, all in full bloom, that's perfect too. But it all started with that seed. And that seed was exactly what you needed in exactly where you were at that time. All right, our next one is a big one. And this is celebrate all the wins you've had surrounding your goals, big and small. So celebrate the healthy habits you chose in a day. Celebrate the little bits of progress that you saw along the way. Celebrate the mental battles that you won. So each time you pull your brain back from delaying happiness and choose to be present and celebrate your wins and enjoy the moment you're in, there is so much magic in that. And it really creates the inspiration and the positivity to just keep going. Another one very similar to reminding yourself that you're enough is reminding yourself that you've already won simply by existing and that this goal you're working towards is simply a bonus. I know I've talked about the book, The Illusion of Money before, and one of my favorite quotes from that book is this, you don't need to get results, you are the result. The entire universe had to do everything it did for billions of years for you to exist right now. You're the point of this whole thing. There's nothing you need to prove to yourself. And if this one is a hard one for you to internalize, I understand where you're coming from. When I had really low self-worth, this would have been a tough one for me to buy into. So I understand if it might not fully resonate. And if it doesn't fully resonate, just think about the person or the people who you love the most. Your partner, your kids, your sisters, parents, brothers. I imagine you're going to love them the same whether they pay off their debt or find a soulmate or run that half marathon or not. They are the result, not the stuff they're trying to get done. And then maybe just start to entertain the idea that you can give yourself that same unconditional love and that you are so worthy of it. 
All right, we have two more on this list. And the next is to remember that there are multiple pathways to any goal you have. You can walk down a new pathway. You can try something different. You can find the way to go on this journey that is the scenic route that has beautiful little detours along the way and you're just enjoying the scenery and the adventure. However, before embarking down a new pathway or trying a new strategy, you might want to double check that it's the path and the actions that are truly what's sucking the joy out of the journey and not your perspective or mindset. There's a big difference between starting a new workout program because you want to challenge yourself and get in like amazing shape and starting a workout program because you feel gross and like there's something wrong with you and you just need to get this weight off no matter what and you're just gonna like feel the pain huge differences so if that if it's a perspective thing like that then the workout program itself might not be the thing that needs to change and it might be I have personally started a workout program and I found it a little boring so I just chose to do something different But in that case, it was a pathway thing versus a perspective thing. And this last way to enjoy the journey on a very regular basis is to actually do happiness check-ins. And this is going to be a great practice to add to an evening routine, especially if you're a journaler at night. And you don't even have to call this a happiness check-in. Maybe that doesn't resonate as much as another emotion that's similar. Maybe you want to do a joy check-in or a contentment check-in because happy feels like a little bit too much of a jump. Once you have your emotion you want to feel, you can ask yourself, did I do my best to be happy or joyful or content? Whatever you want to pick. And then you could give yourself a rating from 1 to 10. From here, you can also do some journaling about the ways you boosted your joy or happiness over the day. Maybe you chose to see a certain thing that used to bother you in a different light. Maybe you just chose to compliment somebody and brighten their day and that brightened your day. You can also do some journaling about what thoughts or patterns drained your joy and happiness in a certain day. I think this is an important piece of the check-in Because when you start to notice these things and cultivate more self-awareness, you can catch them so they don't ruin your entire day or week. And for example, I've had to do this when I started thinking about how one of my coworkers is moving too slowly. I think I've mentioned I'm a little competitive and we have targets at work. And to hit those targets, speed is of the essence. And um, yeah, so this has been a bit of an off and on frustration for me since about March. And it was part of what was making me really butthurt in like May and June, as I mentioned. And then I eventually realized that this situation is probably not changing if it hasn't changed yet. And it really wasn't doing me any good to internally stew about it. It was just draining my energy and ruining my day. So from there, I just chose to focus on my part of building the doors and doing that as efficiently as I can, because my energy and my sense of happiness and joy really matter. And 
I want to continue to have the best season of life possible. And the crazy thing is, after I made this decision to just like let go and stop being butthurt, this coworker's speed picked up considerably. And I didn't do anything different except accept the situation. So I found that was just a pretty magical uh, turn of events. But I didn't need for it to happen in order to be happy because I've committed to being happy no matter what. And part of that is noticing where do I act like a brat and drain my happiness unnecessarily. So those are my nine strategies for you. I really hope you found this helpful. I would love to hear which of these you implement for yourself. And I'm wishing you another week of slay and thrive that is very, very heavy on the thrive. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're loving this podcast, I would be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a rating and review of this podcast wherever you listen, and maybe even share this episode with a friend or two. And if you want bonus live trainings, challenges, a monthly book club, and a community of other amazing people looking to slay and thrive daily, I would love for you to join our free Facebook community, the Unicorn Thunder Playground. Hope to see you inside.